Okay, good morning. Hope everyone had a great Yom Tif. It's good mm-hmm. to see everybody. So we continue our study of Emuna, our weekly dose of coffee and injection of Emuna. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we've been studying, last week we began, the Chazanisha's Emuna Ubitachon, this uh, wonderful work from uh, the Chazanisha of Karlitz, of B'nai Brak, um, which I told you last week is much, is more is about much more than just Emunah and Bitachon, but that chapter, those chapters are the most famous. And we skipped the first chapter in which he outlines how obvious it should be that there is a God in the world. All one has to do is open their eyes. God blessed us with this gift of these two things that can allow us to perceive His presence in the world. He has a great language. What does he say here? Um... I forget the exact language, but he describes that, that God gave us these eyes and these ears and these senses and this perception, and if for no other reason than to understand and see that He exists, to be able to contemplate the universe and recognize that things don't happen by chance and randomly, but that there's order and purpose, that if when we see a picture or a sculpture or a building or a book, we know that there was an architect or an author or a sculptor or a painter, then certainly we look at the detail and the minutia of the universe, and we know that it too had a creator. So that was in the first chapter. We've been doing the second chapter that deals with Bitachon. And last week we saw that the Chazanish defines that Bitachon, right? Bitachon, trust, security, faith in God, is not about believing that Hashem will do for me what I want. It's not that here is the outcome I desire, and I trust Hashem will provide it. That's foolishness. That's self-worship. That's to see ourselves as unparalleled or on the same plane as Hashem. That I know what's best for me, I know what should happen, and I want God to conform to my vision for my life. That's arrogant. That's not actually serving Hashem, that's using Hashem to serve ourselves. To serve Hashem is to say that I don't know what's best for me. And I concede, I don't understand the mysteries of the universe. And I will operate as best I can within the world and the reality that I see and that I perceive. But beyond that, I concede, I recognize, I forfeit, I submit that God is the omnipotent, infinite being, and what He decides and what He determines is what's right, is what's just, and also is in my best interest. So, bitachon, defined by the Chazonish, is not, I have faith Hashem will make things work out the way I want. Instead, bitachon is, I have faith that however they work out is what's meant to be. Very, very, very different definition of bitachon. Not I have faith. Now, according to that first definition of bitachon, if things don't work out the way you wanted, you're going to lose your bitachon. <laughs> bitachon doesn't last very long. If faith means I trust Hashem will make things work out the way I want, well, the very first time that life throws you a curveball and things didn't work out the way you wanted, you daven for someone who was sick and they didn't survive. You daven for X and it didn't happen. The very first time that life throws you a curveball, you'll be out of there. You'll be out of there. I remember once counseling a woman who became, uh, she was a Balash Tshuva from New York, and whoever was Makari for her, whatever rabbi inspired her, on the one hand deserves great credit for having inspired her, but on the other hand, really um, should be sued for malpractice. Because he, he basically, or unless she misrepresented or misunderstood what he was saying, but she basically said, like, I don't understand. I became religious because my life is supposed to be utopian after that. Mm-hmm. I became religious because... Then I was supposed to have a happy marriage and children would give me nachas and parnasa and good health. And like, if you believe in God, if you have Amuna and you do what He wants, 
keep Shabbos and kosher and you're honest and you don't say Lashon Hara and you're good, then only good things will happen to you. Good things happen to good people. And whoever told her that or communicated that to her sold her a bad bill of goods. That's just not the way it is. We don't believe that. Religion illuminates. Religion opens our eyes. Faith and a life of faith gives us the tools to navigate this complicated and difficult world, a world that throws us curveballs. We're not religious. We don't believe in Hashem and submit to Him because by doing so, everything is good. That's just not the way the world works. We do so because even when it's not good, we know it is good. That no matter what the result is and no matter what happens, again, what, what comes out, and I find this, I don't know how people live without emuna. To just believe that whatever happened in your life is chance. It's random. It's random. Terrible tragedy, loss, blessing, bracha, in both directions. It's random, it's chance, it's nature, it's natural, it's, you're just a statistic. Someone you know and love got diagnosed with something, they're just a statistic. X percentage of people are going to get that disease and they're just a statistic. What gives you the faith and the courage to get up in the morning and put one foot in front of the other when you're just a statistic? Bitachon means the knowledge when you wake up in the day that whatever comes your way that day, whatever happens that's beyond your control, what's in our control, we should try to do the best we can. But that whatever happens that's out or beyond our control, that it's not purposeless. It's not random. It's not meaningless. There's a reason for it. And don't we just want to know that there's a reason? Don't we want to know that there's an explanation, that there's meaning, that it's serving some higher calling, that someday we will understand why it had to unfold that way and why that was in our best interest, even if we can't perceive it right then? So faith gives you the strength and the support and the courage to endure whatever challenge is going to come your way. So that's Bitachon. The Chazanish's definition of Bitachon is not, I believe Hashem, I trust Hashem will make things work out the way I want. Bitachon is, I trust however they work out is what's meant to be, is for the good, and I believe, I believe in Hashem. I've got that faith in Him. Okay, page 44, 45. We're continuing with number two. According to this, faith and trust in Hashem are one and the same. Faith is the general approach of a believing person. It's the general outlook. So emuna means seeing the world with the belief, with the knowledge that there is a God, that He created the universe, that He's intimately involved in everything that happens in the universe. It's a general outlook on life. Bitachon is specific that what happens to me was not by chance. I was meant to be sitting in this traffic. I was meant for that to not work out. I was meant for this to happen to me in the positive. It's not a quick chance. You know, I told the story a million times. I'll tell you this here. Yeah, I don't remember. I love the story about the guy who's driving around. He's looking for the parking spot. Right? Never mind God. I found the parking spot. Right? Even whether it's for bad or for good. For bad or for good. It's meant to be. It's specific to us. Ha'emuna bebechinas ha'alacha. Ha'bitachon bebechinas ma'isa. Emuna speaks to theory. Theoretically, I know there's a God who created the universe. There's compelling evidence that the world didn't come into existence on its own. Bitachon is in the world of practice. Great. There's a lot of people who excel in emuna and they stink at bitachon. If you ask them, you believe in God? Absolutely. Baruch Hashem, Amir Hashem, Be'ezus Hashem. Is there a God? There's a God. Did he create, yeah, He created the world. And now when proof comes to 
when the rubber hits the road, bitachon, they erase God from the equation. They get bent out of shape, they get nervous, they're anxious, they're angry, they get revenge, they operate their lives as if there's no God. So the two don't always go together. You can excel in Amunah, and you can fail in bitachon. If you're excelling in bitachon, you excel in Amunah. Na'kelios botech b'shosha'in ekra atafked shalabitachon. It's easy to trust God at times when the need to trust does not play an important part in one's life. But to kick in to your bitachon, to use bitachon, to have a reservoir of bitachon when it matters, that's much harder. It's easy to have lip service to bitachon. Because that's theoretical. Like a person is enjoying their imagination, their dreams. And as the days go on, he fools himself and fools others. So it's easy to walk around and say, You're fooling others and yourself as if you're some great maimon, you're some great believer, you have such faith, you're so spiritual, you're so amazing. But in your own personal life, you're filled with anxiety and angst and resentment and anger and fear and worry and so on. You've totally erased or cut God out of the equation of your life in the practical sense, in the here and now. And the real test to decide whether what's on your lips and whether it's in your heart are equal. Do you really live it? Or have you just memorized, you've taught your lips means you've taught your lips to, to mutter, to chirp. You've habituated your lip like a parrot. You could teach a parakeet to say, <laughs> So are you just that parakeet? Are you just that parakeet who's, who keeps, you know, uh, what's the word? What do parakeets do? Are you the parakeet who's, who's mimicking, who's imitating, who's been trained to just say, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Bitachon, Bitachon, Belibo, Lokonana, but in your heart, you don't have it. Kashin Mifkash Mimikra Hadorish Bitachon, when you run into a moment, an event, an episode that requires Bitachon, Vashir Bishah Zutaf Kidosh Bitachon Minahalo, and at that moment, at that hour, the role of trust is to guide your actions, Lachlimo Laposo, to calm you, to soothe you, to heal you. Do you in that moment turn to bitachon? Or no? Do you get bent out of shape? Or in that moment do you forget there's a God? So you were the parakeet who kept saying, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. But now in that moment, you totally forget there's a God. You don't make use of your amuna bitachon. Instead, you turn towards mortal allies to useless and ennoble strategies. Instead, you think everything is in the here and now. And he's going to give an example. What does he mean by that? This is what we see in life. You have a guy, Ruvain, right? And Ruvain is always speaking. He's the guy, telling other people, talk about Hashem. What do you mean? But Hashem will take care of it. Hashem, Hashem, Hashem. Tamed meganez rov He's always condemning excess effort. He always says, what are you trying so hard? It's up to Hashem. 
What do you rely on Hashem? Lean on Hashem. And he describes an abhorrence of the people who are chasing after Parnassah. Now he happens to have a successful business. So Ruvain is a wealthy man with a successful business and he's constantly lecturing other people. What are you working so hard? Why do you think it's all up to your initiative? Why don't you see Hashem in your life? He's lecturing everyone else. His store, he does not lack customers. And he doesn't have to put in a huge amount of effort because he's got a great business. He's got a great internet startup. He's got some great business. He's got residual income. It doesn't take an enormous amount of work. He is just counting his money. He's raking it in. So he's busy lecturing everybody else at shul. Stay longer for that. Where's your kavana? What are you running out? It's up to Hashem. He's lecturing everybody about emuna. He loves the concept of bitachon. He lectures everyone else about it because even that concept smiles upon him. In other words, he's got a lot of success in life. So it's easy. It looks compatible for him to be lecturing everyone else about bitachon. Says the Chazanish, however, Suddenly we're surprised to see that Ruvain, Ruvain, the guy with all the kavanah and shul, and he says the pitamaktor is from a cloth, and he tells everybody, you know, you don't have to work so hard, so many hours, just trust Hashem, it's up to Hashem. All of a sudden we find him conferring secretly with his assistants and consultants, because what happened? Shimon opened the store across the street from Ruben. <laughs> All these years, Ruben had a monopoly on the business. He's raking in the money. He's got passive income. He doesn't have to work too hard because he's got the monopoly. He's lecturing the world about Bitachon. And now Shimon's opening up across the street. And what do we find out? That Ruben is conspiring with the distributors. If you sell to him, then I'm not going to sell your product in my store. And he's talking to his assistants. How can we undercut the price? And what can we do to take care of this potential rival? Reuven is very upset by the threat. At the beginning, he keeps his feelings to himself. He's embarrassed to reveal them to his acquaintances, fearing their derision. But with time, he loses the sense of With time, he loses his shame. And what happens? He now openly confronts and combats and undercuts this rival. He gravitates towards the crooked path. His sense of shame evaporates. And he openly commits low and deplorable actions in public. Right? So he takes out big ads. And he is busy gossiping with the world about how terrible Shimon's store is and Shimon's customer service and Shimon can't compete. And he goes to the distributors and he comes up with a conniving scheme. And he has all, he goes to the bank and he says, you better not run the account for Shimon's store. What happens? The competition between him and his rival becomes widely known. It's the talk of town. And he still feels no shame. But rather, he comes up with the baseless and untrue reasons and explanations to justify his actions. Over time, he becomes even more sophisticated he adds new explanations, claiming that everything he's doing against his rival is for the sake of heaven. It's morally acceptable. In other words, not only does he fail to employ bitachon on accounts, but, and not only does he viciously attack and undermine and undercut and try to prevent Shimon from opening his own business and having a parnasa, but what he does is something we all do. The Gemara Chazal says we all come to do this. To justify our actions, 
we don't just recognize that we're doing something wrong. We turn it into a mitzvah. No, you don't understand. My store, I take care of the poor people. Shimon's not going to do it. If Shimon hurts me, I won't be able to give staka and look at all the community institutions that I'm supporting. So what I'm doing is not for myself. I'm undercutting Shimon so that my store can thrive, so I can continue to be a pillar at the shul and on the Lamed Vav Society at the school and give to Shabbos. And therefore, I need your help in making sure Shimon, Shimon can't succeed. He doesn't just see that what he's doing is wrong. He actually, in his own mind, convinces himself that what he's doing is a mitzvah. It's l'shem shamayim. He fools himself into believing this, and he fools others. Simple people, or those who love a good fight. And there's never a shortage of people in the Jewish community. <laughs> you know, the, the, the spectators and the voyeurs who love a good fight. They go to the community meeting because they're just hoping a good fight comes up. They're hoping something controversial happens. They could be in the know and in the mix. The people love a good fight. So what happens? They thrive on this. So when Reuven's talking about Shimon, either the simple people buy it. Yeah, I guess he's right. You know, Reuven's really supporting the community. He needs to do well. We've got to stop Shimon. Or just the people who like a good fight. He attracts, hold on one second, he attracts the fight mongers and the gossip lovers. And so what happens? Because of Ruben's reaction to Shimon opening up, because of his failure to employ Bitachon, what happens? The community is introduced to fighting, contentiousness, animosity, gossip, lies, hatred. All of which shorten men's lives. It's possible to find this negative scenario even in matters that are completely spiritual. In certain situations, in ambiguous cases. You know, I was just talking to my in-laws about a... I won't mention where. There's a place on earth where there's uh, two rabbis who are related who are fighting over the future of the yeshiva. And it came to such a head, they were going to splinter and broke up the yeshiva. One had to buy the other out for $5 million. And people had to give tzedakah. And do you think that they said we're having a fight over money or ego or power? Of course not. So the fight they presented to the world was... We're having a debate l'shem shemayim over the philosophy of should the yeshiva serve this population, serve that population. It's l'shem shemayim. It's a mitzvah, our fight. Five million dollar mitzvah. It's a very expensive mm-hmm. l'shem shemayim fight. So people can even fight in things that are ruchni. What do you mean? I've davened for the Amr all these years. You can't take my place. I always gave that shir, that var Torah. How could you give him my slot? You can have contentiousness and fighting and jealousy. I want to find the Eloth. <laughs> right. Even in areas of spirituality. Because people convince themselves that it's not about ego and it's not about jealousy and it's not about power. They convince themselves that it's about something which is holy. But all the tools of destructive divisiveness appear in these two, just like in other matters. So what happens here? Ruvain, Ruvain says, you know, Shimon's opening up. He's threatening my parnasa." All those years, it was easy for Ruvain to say, Baruch Hashem, Mir Hashem, It was easy for Ruvain to stay in shul long hours and to, to lecture everybody else about bitachon. But then the proof, the rubber hit the road. Now Shimon's opening up. What, what should Ruvain do if he's a maimon? If Ruvain has the bitachon that he has been presenting all those years, that he thinks Hashem is the one in his life, he should accept it. what's he the conclusion he should reach? Hashem will still reach? help him even if Shimon's opens. The conclusion that he should reach is Hashem is the one who provides Parnassah. So there could be a hundred Shimons in the block. They can't touch my Parnassah. 
If Hashem wants me to make a million dollars a year, if there's a hundred stores like mine, I'll make my million dollars a year. If Hashem thinks I can't make more than $30,000 this year, there could be no other store doing what I'm doing, and yet my store is going to flop. Reuven should have concluded to himself, I have to do my best. You can't sit on the couch and say, well, if Hashem wants me to make a million dollars, it'll show up in a brown paper bag mm-hmm. at the front door. You have to do your ashtablis. You have to take your initiative. You have to do your work. So a person should just be focused on how can I be the best that I can be? How can I work the hardest? How can I be the best I can be? How can I do my part? Hashem will do the rest. Once I do the best I can be, run the best operation I can run, the rest is up to Hashem. If Reuven really had to be tough, and you know what he would have done? He would have gone across the street, knocked on Shimon's door, said, Welcome to the neighborhood. How can I help you? Do you need a list of distributors? Do you have any questions how to run the business well? What can I do to help you? Because, you know, Hashem runs the world. There's enough for you to make Parnassah and me to make Parnassah. I'm not threatened by your existence because you can't affect me. Only Hashem can affect me. I do my best. I work my hardest. But only Hashem can affect me. So all this is one example the Chazanish is giving of it's easy to have Amuna in theory. Oh, he's Hashem. He created the world. Hashem, 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 Hashem. Like a parakeet. Hashem, 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 Hashem. Bitachon, 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 bitachon. But then there's incidents in our lives where somebody's trying to hurt us, where stores opening up in the same business as we're in, where we have a tremendous disappointment, where things didn't work out the way we wanted. That's the moment of proof. Do we reach in? Do we find the strength from Bitachon then? Yes, Jessica. So this explains why um, people that are very religious, if they get caught, they may go to jail. But would you say that just because it explains it, that... Um, I don't know that this can explain it because to me there is no explanation other than there being hypocrite, fake, fraud, duplicitous people. They're doing it for the they think they're doing it. For, first of all, they convince themselves. But we all do that, you know? I have to eat the cheesecake because I need the energy to stay up all night to learn. So the cheesecake I have to eat, it's, it's good for me. It's going to... Yeah, but it's true. No, so we, we all fail in that way to some extent, right? I'll give the biggest example. We repeat something which is clearly Lashon Hara. By any standard and measure, it violates the prohibition of Lashon Hara. But we've convinced ourselves... No, the person needs to know. I'm sharing it because there's a reason. Now, if there's really a reason, someone's about to go into business with somebody who's they shouldn't, someone's about to go on a date with somebody they shouldn't, if we really have an obligation to say something, so in those circumstances, there's an obligation to say it. But when by all measures, there's no obligation. When it's clearly gossip and Lashon Hara, we convince ourselves, nevertheless, we have to say it. We always convince ourselves. We never say, I'm doing something wrong and I'm going to do it anyway. We always say... In this circumstance, we give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. Reconcile would justify our behavior. So the seemingly religious people who end up doing the terribly wrong things justify their behavior, but they should know better. I mean, the bigger the violation, the less you should be able to justify, the more we should know that we're doing it. So the people who steal from the government or from their fellow man, because they think they give more tzedakah, they live a more righteous life, but the ends don't justify the means. And the chil Hashem that results, chil Hashem is, is the most egregious sin. The only thing that atones for Chil Hashem is death. You can't do tshuva for Chil Hashem. It's, it's a, a terrible, terribly egregious thing. Yes. But you're saying there should be no anxiety? Yeah, that's what we're going to get to the Chazanish. is going to say that. Chazanish says that anxiety, anxiety is an expression of heresy. 
In other words, the only reason you're anxious is because you don't have that trust. That's exactly what he's getting at is, Emuna, 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 Bitachon, Bitachon, Bichachon. Right? So you have people, they say Tehillim, and they go to the Emuna group, and they say Amen, and they listen to lectures, and they're on their WhatsApp group, and Emuna, 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 Bitachon, Bitachon, Bitachon. And now, something, you know, their child's not married, they don't have the, the Parnassah question, what's going to be, will the hotel have room for them for Pesach, did they pack the right clothing? You know, everybody's got the right, uh, whatever, everybody's got the things they're worried about. And they're sitting there, they're anxious, their blood pressure spikes, their hair's falling out because they're so nervous, so anxious, so worried. Well, what happened to all the Amuna talks? What happened to all the Bitochon? What happened to all the Tehillim? Bitochon, that's what the Chazanisha is saying, is that Amuna's in theory, Bitochon's in practice. And Bitochon means that in those moments to stop, take a deep breath and say, I'm not going to worry. I can only do the best I can do. Beyond that, it's up to Hashem. And I trust that whatever happens is for my best. That's the key of the bitachon. I trust that whatever will result is up to Hashem. And if you stop short anywhere before, and I trust that whatever happens is for my best, is from Hashem, then you don't really have bitachon. You paid a lot of lip service to Amuna, you don't have bitachon. So the Chazanish writes that stress, anxiety, worry, though very Jewish characteristics, <laughs> are actually the antithesis of bitachon. They are the kryptonite of bitachon. They are a form of heresy. Because why do you worry? I mean, let's, let's dissect this for a moment. Why do we worry? Next week, I've got to do something. What's going to be? I, I, next week, I'm supposed to fly somewhere. And will the plane be on time? And when will it be late? And what will I see? What's going to happen? At? I'm so worried about flying. I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. Let's, let's unpack that. What do you mean I'm worried? Fear. Beyond what I can control. Right? Not, right. not will I wake up on time and will I get there? Because even within that, you can argue... Right, the, the bitachon extremists, like Breslov, that whole, that whole, they'll, they'll say that even the things that are up to you, you should realize are up to Hashem. Hashem is the one who made you act that way. Okay, that's a lot more complicated to me. But the things that are beyond your control, things that are beyond your control. Well, the pilot, the have well, and then flying the plane, and then uh, what's going to happen? Will the landing gear come down? Will we get there? Well, uh, you know, what's going to be? Will they run out of drinks? Blue potato chips? What's going to be? So, what? The weather. The weather, and will it be delayed because of the weather, right? That's a great example. What will the weather be, and will the flight be delayed, and therefore will I miss the thing I'm going in for? I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. I didn't sleep for two weeks before I was supposed to travel. So that's absurd. What are you worried? What's, you can't control that. And what does that mean? It means that you don't believe that whatever will happen is by design, is with intent, comes from the Rebona Shalom, and you don't believe that whatever happens is what's meant to be. You made it to the wedding, you couldn't make it to the wedding, there was a little turbulence, there was no turbulence. It was delayed, it wasn't delayed. It is what it is. It is what it is. The moment we stress out. So when you get to the airport, because you didn't check beforehand, and you find out your flight's delayed, and now you're sitting in the airport endlessly, you could either be stressed out, anxious, whatever, or you take a deep breath and you say, this is what's meant to be. I don't understand it. But for whatever reason, this is what was meant to be for me, and it's up to Hashem. And the moment you don't do that, you know, we have this in marriage, we have this in parenting, Someone we love is saying, I got it. And the other person's driving you crazy, stressed out. You say, do you not trust me? I keep telling you that I got it. And every time you're stressed out and you're stressing me out, when I say I've got it, I say you're offending me, you're insulting me. You're telling me you don't trust me. I keep telling you I got it. So why are you not trusting me by being so stressed out? You're stressed out, you're stressing me out, you're stressing everybody out. All you're doing is insulting me as if I'm, I, don't, I don't have it. And I'm telling you, I got it. Just trust me, I got it. So God says, trust me, I got it. 
stick with me, dveikas. Dveikas is, stick with me. God says, stick with me, I got it. And then we say, oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, Ritz Hashem, I go to the Amuna group. I study all about how I'm sticking with God because he's got it, he's got it, he's got it. And then the fight's delayed. And where's God? We're busy freaking out and stressing out and telling everyone as if the world came crashing down. Texting is the worst thing that ever happened. Fight's <laughs> delayed an hour. And, and Hashem's like, hello, I told you I got it. Hello, you're insulting me. There's a reason I'm delaying you. I told you I got it. So that's, that's what the Chazan is saying. That, yeah, stress, anxiety, worry is the antithesis of bitachon. Then you, you excel at Amuna. You're good at talking about God. But bitachon, to really trust Him, to lean on Him, the proof is in the pudding in the way you live your daily life. So if we're supposed to do our, our own part, though, then the stress might come in from making sure we're doing the right Fine. thing. Fine, so I'm nervous. I'm supposed to give a big talk in New York next week, and I'm nervous. Will I prepare well? How will it go? Even that, again, Breslov would say, what are you stressing out? It's up to Gosh Baruch It's up to Hashem. Whether you're on, you're off that day, whether it comes out well, or you stumbled on your words, it's up to Hashem. And to a certain degree it is. Once I'm fully prepared, I did the best I could. I put together a good talk, I'm ready to go. And now, will I fumfer, will I stutter, will I lose my words, will I be exhausted, will I fall off the stage, will the papers fall off the... That's up to Hashem. What am I stressing out? It's up to Hashem. I can't control it. But a little bit of stress is really... So, it's also from Hashem. It's a good thing. Because I have a friend who's an actress, and she told... She always, I just asked her, did she get stage fright when she went out right. on stage? And she said, I do every single time. That's if I not didn't have it, correct. I wouldn't be able to bring the adrenaline that I need to do the role. I agree. But first of all, there she's stressed about herself, not about God. Yes. Meaning she's, she's... And there I would describe, because I share that same feeling, right. it's more butterflies than it is right. stress. Right. It's a nervous energy because you're so excited to perform. Right. You want right. to do it. Right. Which is different than saying, you know, what if the bag falls on my head on stage? Right. What if I fall off the stage? Mm-hmm. What if the lighting is wrong? What if I trip and fall? What I... That's gonna, I mean, it happens to be, aside from being a failure of bitachon, a bitachon fail, aside from that, <laughs> aside from just that, it's just foolish. All you're doing is, is you know, you're going to get high blood pressure and heart disease and diabetes and shorten your lifespan. What, what, you're not going to make the flight take off sooner. You're not going to get the traffic to clear up earlier. You're not going to make whatever you're stressed up about happen. You're just going to make the experience of waiting worse. So you might as well... Just relax and let go and enjoy the ride and realize it's up to Hashem. But you're talking about relatively minor issues. Right. What about illness? What about yeah, losing stuff. a child or, you know, a loved one being very, very sick? Sure. You know, that's it's much, 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 much harder. A thousand much percent. Harder. It's much, 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 much harder. And I think we can draw strength from the extraordinary people that we know who've gone through it and who tap into, you know... Uh, there was a young man, Chaim Feigenbaum from Tinak, who passed away. It's not just strength after his passing. It's that he spoke this language throughout his illness and ordeal till the very end, nice. trying to encourage and strengthen others that it's all, there's a reason that what I'm going through and what will ultimately happen with me. I have complete, I'm ready to let go. It's up to Hashem. Doesn't mean he didn't go for treatments. Doesn't mean he didn't try right. to mm-hmm. heal. But beyond that, you're right. So it's, 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 we can't, demand that of others. People going through those extraordinary circumstances have to find that strength themselves, but, but there's the capacity for it. We have the ability. Do we not? The Holocaust survivors we know who live life with Emunah and Bitachon afterwards, right? It's, it's unbelievable it to is. go through what they went through, who had every right to say, everything's for the best. What, are you kidding me? Right. My family was slaughtered. I lost everybody. I lost everything. I was tortured and persecuted. And you're going to tell me that everything that Hashem does is for the best? 
And your father used to walk around talking about Hashem Yisbarach. Hashem Yisbarach this, Hashem Yisbarach that, Hashem Yisbarach is good to me. Anxiety we just spoke about. Like these Holocaust survivors, Yibodol Chaim Tovim Baruchem, Mark Judovitz, his memoirs are coming out that I've been reading that are just... When is it every, coming out? You know, I can't wait. Soon. Every Holocaust survivor, and we're not judging those who didn't, but everyone who did maintain, not only their Amuna, because again, it's one thing to maintain Amuna, there is a God in theory, but who maintain the Bitachon, the daily living, say it's up to Hashem. They, they are the greatest pillar for us to lean on. Yes? Is it better to have, um, to be that parrot, to be that Bitachon parrot, until you start feeling it inside, or is it better to the opposite way, work outside? Inside out. That's a you great question. Yeah. Then... That's a great question. It's a great question. So the Sefer Achinach introduced us to a principle. Sefer Achinach says, Achar ha-pu'ulos nimshach halavavos. It's a refrain of the Sefer Achinach. Which means, after the actions, the heart follows. If you read all of these uh, popular books today, there's a book Drive by Daniel Pink. There's a book about forming habits. Um, they all come to the same conclusion as the Sefer Achinach. That if you start behaving in a certain way, you'll then become motivated for it. Don't wait to be motivated. Start doing it, and then the motivation will come. Or there's a Yiddish expression, which is similar to the Sefer HaChinach, which says, with the eating comes the appetite. Mm-hmm. Right? You wait to be hungry. You wait to be... I don't know what Jews have to wait to be hungry, but you wait to be hungry. 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 You'll never eat. Start eating, and all of a sudden you're fine, right? Well, it is, we just finished a three-day yantif. I don't know. I, I, after the very first meal, I swore I wasn't eating again for three weeks. But the next meal came, and okay, I'll just nibble a little bit. And the next thing you know, you know, you devoured seven courses. And then you swore you're never eating again, and the next meal came. So, achar pulos nimshach means, yeah, it's better to be chirping away, and hopefully our heart follows, but it's a mindfulness. In the end of the day, it's an awareness. It's, it's having to remember. I, I, I work on this constantly. You're stuck in traffic. You start losing your cool. You're looking at the time. You're late to whatever. And then you just have to remember to stop and say, okay, I'm late. Like, there's nothing I can do right now. So why am I stressed out? But, you know, maybe I should learn from it. Next time, leave earlier. Go on ways so you know where the traffic was before you left. You know, if there's something for us to learn from it, we should learn from it. But if there's nothing we did wrong, there was nothing we could have expected, it's just the way it worked out, you got to take that deep breath and say, it's up to Hashem. God, I'm sticking with you. It's for a reason. You've got a plan, and I'm sticking with you. And if we say it enough, and we're mindful enough about it, hopefully our heart follows. Stop here, do a little bit more. Very, very, oh, I can't believe it was fast. Yeah. All right, we're going to stop here. All right, everyone should have a Muna-filled day and week. Oh, I hate that. I'm going to miss things.